Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? It's like living in a real world squid game oh. you, do you watch that dystopian everyone everyone's career? seen it who it is start, not watching it started and one day later i was everyone was shaming me how have Hooked. you not seen squid game so i watched it in like two nights yes it's it's quite disturbing well you know in the first episode these people are playing red light green light and everyone's moving then all of a sudden the music stops and there's like this giant doll with like a motion sensor in her eyes and it starts shooting at anybody who isn't standing completely still <laughs> it's seared in my memory <laughs> could, i will never forget, forget. That. <laughs> so i feel like that's what's happening right now try as we might to move forward individually collectively as a sometimes society, sometimes as a we get a, we get a second of green light to run but then before you know we it go, the doll we're the shot doll's down <laughs> the doll's head turns and you know and i feel like the only person who is going to somehow make it out alive is steve bannon who is going to be held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena, but am I optimistic that he will wind up cooperating or face any major consequences for his behavior? No, he's going to nope. win the 400 billion won that are going to fall down from the ceiling. From or the whatever. ceiling, <laughs> yes. Okay, let's that shut that down. Specimen of health. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to be talking about that and more. This is Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. We're just a couple of New York Jews talking about the news, beating back the blues. We made a podcast and news why had to laugh so we don't cry. Come and join us for the ride. Welcome to know. Okay, Rachel. So I, I feel like I need to say that if I, my uh, my buttery smooth. Okay, okay. Your Acoustic. buttery baritone. <laughs> My buttery baritone. It's a bass. It's a basso profundo. Um, <laughs> sounds less than ideal uh, today. It's because I'm away on vacation and I forgot to bring, like I got a new computer and the microphone we use has the old USB and now it's the USB-C and I thought I had the dongle, but I didn't have the right dongle. So I went to CVS to buy a dongle and I got the male, but I needed the female Anyway, like, and you know, I have like a million cables at home. That was like a major you have project. Like a of whole, yeah, you have like a, a nest. That, that was my pandemic could... project. Was yes. To take, at least taking all my cables and making a nest out of them. So it's something useful <laughs> <laughs> where I could perch. Where you my... can like sit and <laughs> keep your eggs warm. That's my hatchlings, right? But, but no, I cannot have nice things. So uh, I'm talking into a ready old, you know, basic uh, laptop microphone, and uh, I hope you can hear me. Well, I'm sure I'll sound like so good that they won't even notice. <laughs> What's in it for you? <laughs> You'll sound much better. Okay, what, anything good happened this week? So this week was a big week for me. I went out, like out, out for the first time in like 18 months. And I've done a few small dinners with friends, but this was really the first event I attended. And what an event okay. it was. Um, it was the succession premiere party on Tuesday night at the Museum of Natural History. I was invited because I have a big story about the show coming out in town and country this weekend, which I'm very Ooh. excited about. I can't say too much about it because the magazine's not out yet. Um, but I was very excited to be invited by my editor and um, her executive director of entertainment, Randy Peck, who is also an avid listener of this podcast and from Roslyn. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> are those two Hello, things Randy. connected? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no, not at all. So um, 
I was very excited about the event, but of course I was panicked about the prospect of interacting with other people because of my social awkwardness. <laughs> Not to mention celebrities and... <laughs> Not to, yeah, yeah, it was just a lot. So, you know, I, if anything can get me out of the house though, it's succession and HBO pulled out all the stops to make sure everyone was as safe as possible. They even had a um, COVID concierge, like a COVID SWAT team. What did they do? Um, Give you COVID? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, no, to keep it at bay. A member reached out to say that I had to somehow get tested before the event. So I had to get tested on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday morning. And this was going to be a problem because it was a holiday weekend. And Josh and I went upstate to our friend Ashley's house. Um, it was her birthday. So I said, nope, sorry, I cannot do a test over the weekend. And this is like another example of the power of nope, because the second I said that they were like, oh, well, we'll come to you then. And I was like, cool. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How did nope enter into that conversation? Be like, I, I was don't... just like, nope, <laughs> not, oh, not I doing it. About the power of this podcast. You're like, no, I have to record. Nope. I don't <laughs> no. have time. Like, oh, no, no, I'm just the power <laughs> of saying nope. I was yes. like, I can't do it. I can't. People I'm going to be take people will take nope for an answer. Yes. Yes. And, <laughs> and so they were like, we'll come to you. We'll make it work. And I said, okay, cool. So they come over on Tuesday morning, this COVID concierge, she does the test. And a couple of hours later, I get an email saying I'm in the clear. And then as I'm getting ready, I'm putting makeup on, like I'm a visitor from another planet. And I think to myself, like, why am I doing this? Should I be doing this? Is this a terrible idea? Should I just like, cancel. I could call it a day, but I pushed through my anxiety. I'm like, you know what? These are temporary thoughts. These are, you know, and, and all the I, good therapy things. Right. <laughs> yes. And so I show up. Everyone's in masks at first waiting <laughs> on various check-in lines. Everyone's totally. Oh, I thought you meant it was like one of those like uh, costume parties where everyone's holding up the like. No, everyone was wearing masks. masks. Oh, okay. So the like I'm mask. seeing media people and people I know who I used to work with recognizing me and I'm not recognizing them because not only was I having a hard time placing anybody's face after two years of not seeing anybody, but they were in masks and my eyes have gotten really bad during the pandemic. So I couldn't identify anybody. And so and I let's just be honest, saying, lots of people have either gained or lost weight. Yeah, everyone looks different it, now yeah. and you can only see like their eyes. So I just kept saying like, I'm sorry, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they were like, girl, me too. So it was, so it was cool. Like it, we were all in the same boat a boat that had been adrift at sea for a very long time. And so, you know, so the event is more secure than the U.S. Capitol. There's like four check-in lines. There's one for registration, one to show your VAX card, one to show your COVID test. Then you collect your ticket and you're finally in. I take off my mask, take a deep breath. I get a glass of champagne and it's like amazing. It's those old New York pre-pandemic parties. There's a cocktail hour, then everyone watches the premiere and it's excellent. It's so much fun. And then we file into that big whale room, mm -hmm. you know, where there, and like there's a there's a whole orchestra and a conductor. Oh, okay. Playing wow. the succession theme song. And there's catering by Nobu, a caviar bar on like an ice like sculpture. Um, Fran Leibowitz is over here. Ben Stiller's <laughs> over there. The whole cast of Succession is like milling about. And I thought I died and went to heaven. I was like, maybe the Squid Game doll <laughs> did actually kill me. So I guess like in the wake of that experience, my question now is how am I ever going to go out again? 
how are you ever going to go outside again? Like, are you expecting that to be like, if I have you over for dinner, are you going to be expecting the entire, cast, the entire cast of Succession to be there and Fran Leibowitz and Ben Stiller? That's a lot to ask of someone. <laughs> and a conductor. <laughs> a yes. conductor. Okay. So well, I'm thank glad you, you had a very nice time. Thank you, HBO. I had a really good week also too. The reason I'm taking off this week is that last week was our demo day from our accelerator, our startup accelerator that I talk about every time it happens. Yes. Everybody did great. Um, I really Really like the founders who were in our class this time. And uh, one of the founders has a uh, basically a mental health clinic that you access only in virtual reality. And it's uh, targeted towards gamers who have a very high rate of depression. Uh, so oh. it's a really cool thing. But I was completely at bay coaching him with virtual reality. So him and some of the other founders chipped in and the thank you gift got me an Oculus. So oh, I could nice. experience VR for myself. Um, and I had tried it once before and I found it nauseating like I, I just like almost lost my lunch because it's very disorienting so I decided that on this vacation my project would be to conquer virtual reality and I figured I wanted to start very slow and do something like just do one of those like like go into a safari where there's like a 360 virtual reality and you could be on the savannah and so forth and and I'm so I go in I get the headset I figure out the basics I'm too scared to move so I'm not even moving around the savannah I'm just staying put because I'm terrified and I see like an elephant off in the distance and I'm like oh this is cool and then I hear like a horse behind me and I forgot <laughs> that it's really 360 yeah. and I'm sitting in a, in a chair and I whip my head around to see and there's a zebra looking at me like pecking at my neck. And of course my first thought is, holy shit, there's a zebra. <laughs> and second thought is, I know how to catch you uh, and you must have yes. escaped from Maryland. Because... You have to gain their trust. <laughs> you have to, you gain have to their slowly trust. gain their trust. <laughs> Maybe that's where the Maryland zebras went as they escaped to virtual reality. Anyway, so that, that was fun. But then I said, let me keep going to all the different things you can do here. So next up, I found this thing that every, this game that everybody talks about is a great intro game called Beat Saber, where they play like techno music in your ears and you stand there with lightsabers and things fly at you and you have to swipe and lightsaber them. And that's cool, but it's like a little bit of overstimulation for me. Um, right. So like I had like sweating and like, so then I went to this thing called Rec Room, which is kind of for children, but kind of not. And it's like a virtual playhouse room. And I go in and first thing is I, I fall down because they have me walk down steps and I walk down the steps and I get so disoriented that I literally like fall off my chair in real life <laughs> and fall to my knees. <laughs> so I'm like lying prone on the floor trying to play <laughs> this children's game. <laughs> and like, then I try moving and like banging my head into walls. And I think I shot myself with an arrow once. And then they show me into my dorm room and I'm like lying on the floor in a cold sweat. And then they're like, would you like to come play paintball with us? I'm like, no, I do not want to play fucking paintball with a bunch of anonymous children. And then yeah. I get the menu and there's like different games you could play. And some of them are like uh, user created games. And then I noticed that one of the games is Squid Game. Oh, so I was I'm just like, going to ask you, is there finally, a Squid Game? There's a good use of virtual reality. I yes. can go play Squid Game because God knows <laughs> so what, relaxing. Could possibly, what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> you could meditate or you could play Squid, <laughs> Squid Game, Game on your Oculus. Same effect. <laughs> so I, 
so I go into the squid game and the, 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 the hazmat pink people are there like guarding doors and you get to pick which game you want to play. Um, so I figured let's start at the beginning with 101 with red light, Gla green light, no, no glass no, panes, no, no glass panes, no tug of war, no marbles, no licking cookies. Like I just, I just want to run through a field. Easy, right? It's a children's yeah. game. So I go there and I line up at the starting line. And I'm so excited because the doll who's off in the distance goes, green light. And I'm like, go, go, go. And I'm like, how hard is it when they say red light? Just stop going. Like, how hard yeah. could that be? And then, of course, like, I'm like, it's going on a little longer than I thought. I'm like, oh, I'm really making progress. And then she goes, red light. And I can't tell you what happened next because I got shot in the head. <laughs> like like so all disturbing. I saw was like black like and clouds of smoke. Black and blood. No, because you're in it. You just like, and then you're you're like your avatar like tilts over and you're gone. You're, you're gone. gone. So now you've you know what happened. <laughs> I know exactly what it's like. <laughs> I in squid game anyway that was my relaxing introduction to uh virtual reality vacation <laughs> you're on normally at a game on a game you're like let me go back and try again and, me, and i was like no i'm good like i got it i got the face for this yeah so. you can't get multiple lives in squid game <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't work purpose. that way <laughs> okay uh let's uh, let's head up the uh nopes let's go yeah let's get into the nopes so um are you familiar with the discourse on the bad art friend? No, you sent me a link that I did not click on because I had a feeling it would wind up on Nope. And I prefer, if possible, to have authentic reactions to the crazy shit that you find. So, okay. So, no, have, you, have you seen any people commenting on bad art friends or anything like related Only to you. kidney donations? Kidney on donations? <laughs> no. Wait, there was something, there was something on Twitter about a kidney. There were yes. people talking about kidney donations, yes, but I had no idea like, of why. But it's it's because of this. Art. Okay. Okay. So this, is, I'm so warning. This, is a, this is one of our public service segments. Yes. Basically. It's a whole schmagoo and this might completely go off the rails. I will try to rein it in as much as possible. But so the whole debate about what makes a good art friend or a bad art friend comes from this massive piece in the New York Times magazine by Robert Kolker, who is a brilliant writer. And uh, wrote, someone I know is a friend of Jen Senior. We spent a week oh. or week or weekend together up at her house. Yeah. So I know. Bob. Oh, cool. Oh, great. Well, he, he wrote that best-selling book, Hidden Valley Road, that Oprah loved. And um, this piece is great. It's called, Who is the Bad Art Friend? And I will link to it in the show notes. It's worth reading. But if you don't want to read it, I will summarize <laughs> this very complicated and convoluted story. So there's two main players. They're both female writers in their early 40s from Boston. One of them is a relatively unknown writer or a completely unknown writer named Dawn Dorland. She's a white woman. And the other is a more successful writer who is half Chinese and her name is Sonia Larson. So Dawn and Sonia met at a place called Grub Street, which has nothing to do with New York Magazine's food coverage. Oh, it doesn't. I was no. like, oh, vulture. No. <laughs> another Grub Street? No. So Grub Street is this thing in Boston. It's like one of these writer's hubs where people come together and take classes and quote unquote, form a community. 
Um, and I guess I describe Dawn and Sonia's relationship as one of those asymmetrical friendships insofar that Dawn thinks that she's closer friends with Sonia than she actually uh, is. Okay. Okay. So here's what happened. Several years ago, Dawn decided to donate one of her kidneys anonymously. She just wanted to do it. Okay. She Then she creates this private Facebook group for about 30 of her friends, including Sonia Larson, to update them about her progress in this organ donation journey. <laughs> and is it nice that she's doing this? Absolutely. This is a, an amazing thing. On, the, on the other hand, it seems a little performative. If you're, I mean, if you're going to do this, like the best type of mitzvah is the one where you remain anonymous, right? I guess she's right. going to be anonymous to the donee, but she's still looking, obviously looking for attention from this Facebook group. Exactly. Like, you know, did any of these people ask to be updated about this whole thing? No. no they tell did me not. when it's over. Tell me when it's over. Yeah. So some of these people, including Sonia, were part of a separate, more illustrious writers group called the Chunky <laughs> Monkeys. <laughs> That I saw a Twitter of a tweet about also. <laughs> right. There are all these like wait, things so in there's the air. A grub, wait, so there's, these are like rival <laughs> gangs, the Grub Streets and the Chunky Monkeys. There's overlap though. Some okay. of the Chunky oh, Monkeys are involved. Like Dawn, Dawn is in both. No, Sonia's in Dawn, both. Yeah, oh, because she's more successful. She gets to yes. be in two clubs. <laughs> she gets to Dawn be is in... relegated to, to Grub Street. She's just in Grub Street. <laughs> but, but, but the Sonia... other Sonia moves fluidly across all the literary circles of Boston. Yes. And you know who else is in um in the Chunky Monkeys? The <laughs> no. celebrated writer Celeste Ang of Little Fighters Little... Everywhere. Yeah, who you love, yeah. So all of this about the Chunky Monkeys becomes more relevant later. But for now, just know that the subset of Chunky Monkey members in Dawn's private <laughs> kidney Facebook group are not <laughs> reacting enough to Dawn's <laughs> posts. <laughs> this is the most, no, you could stop the story here and it's one of the most nope stories I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> So, so they're just giving her the occasional like here or there. And she's feeling like a bit of a social media chill in the air. You know, Dawn's yeah. like, I'm doing this grand gesture and none of these chunky monkeys <laughs> seem to care. You know? And she's especially hurt. That and of course, Sonya she secretly wants to be a chunky monkey. Of course, she she has aspirations to be. That's a chunky why monkey. she's donating a kidney. She's literally would give a kidney to be in the chunky, <laughs> to be in the monkey. chunky monkeys. There <laughs> were easier not. ways to, <laughs> to get there. <laughs> to get out of the Grub Street shtetl. <laughs> yes. So so she's especially hurt that Sonia Larson hasn't said anything about the the kidney donation. So eventually, Don emails Sonia and says, I think you're aware that I donated my kidney this summer, right? And Sonia responds saying, ah, yes, I did see on Facebook that you donated your kidney. What a tremendous thing. Okay, so, th <laughs> so that's that. And then they see- Which, by the way, is the most backhanded, like, faint it's the phrase. Most, like, right. like, how, how, yeah. nice, how nice for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> So they see each other again at this writer's conference and nobody mentions the kidney, not Sonia, not the chunky monkeys. It's like the elephant in the room. And Dawn is thinking something's weird here. Then 
a clue arrives in the form <laughs> of a Facebook comment on Dawn's page by a person named Tom Meek, who has a very small but pivotal role in this whole story. He's like the ghost in the machine, you know? Yes. So Tom writes in response <clears throat> to one of Dawn's posts, Sonia read a cool story about giving out a kidney. You come to mind, you came to mind, and I wonder if you were the source of the inspiration. Oh my God. So Sonia's <laughs> stealing the material? Yes. So Dawn is like, what the fuck? So she writes to Sonia saying, how come you didn't mention that you wrote a story about a kidney donation this whole time? And Sonia writes back to Dawn and says, ah, yes, you know, <laughs> come to think of it. I did write about a woman who receives a kidney, partially inspired by how my imagination took off after learning of your own tremendous donation. And then she adds, I hope it doesn't feel too weird for your gift to have inspired works of art. Okay. Oh. And Dawn, oh, I mean, these people are both terrible. monsters. So, yes. Yeah, so Dawn was basically like, well, um, yes, it is weird. Um, mostly weird that you did not mention it at all when we've been talking about kidneys <laughs> back and forth for like the last two years, you know? So they go back and forth like this until Dawn finally sees the story. This is like years later. It comes out in the magazine American Short Fiction. And she resisted reading it at first, but then the magazine drops its paywall. So she's like, oh, it's free. So she reads the, <laughs> so she reads the story. So this is the story within the story. The story is called The Kindest. And it's about a Chinese-American character named Chun Tao, who is an alcoholic. She crashes her car and she needs a kidney. And her whole family is hoping that the donation will, you know, be a wake up call for her drinking. And then the kidney donor materializes and she's a white woman named Rose. And this is how Bob Kulker describes Rose. Wealthy and entitled, the woman who gave Chun Tao her kidney is not exactly an uncomplicated altruist. She's a stranger to her own impulses, unaware of how what she considers a selfless act also contains elements of intense, unbridled narcissism. So what stopped Dawn in her tracks was a passage about a letter that Rose, the, fict the fictitious Rose, wrote on Facebook to this anonymous donor, to this anonymous recipient of her kidney. It's very confusing. Donors, recipients, <laughs> Rose, to... Dawn, Chantal, <laughs> Sonia. It's, it's just I hope there's a payoff after. Pay so the, so the letter this. is very similar to a post that Dawn put up on her Facebook group. Um, writing just public, like a public letter to her kidney recipient that she was performing for this group. Yes. And it, it's, I myself know something of suffering, but from those experiences, I've acquired both courage and perseverance. I've also learned to appreciate the hardship that others are going through, no matter how far in whatever you've endured, remember that you are not alone. And it goes on and on. You know, I withstood the pain by imagining and rejoicing in you. So it's really like, schmaltzy and corny and now dawn is fucking pissed as hell. <laughs> so she reaches out to literary festivals and journals and even reporters at the boston globe and starts accusing sonia larson of plagiarism and then in 2019 sonia cannot take the smear campaign anymore because she believes that this is free for her to take and she has it's she's in the an public artist domain and, it's on right. facebook and Right. So she sues Dawn in federal court, accusing her and her lawyer of defamation 
defamation and tortious interference. So then Don countersues <laughs> accusing Sonia of plagiarism. And so then this is where things really get interesting. So remember the chunky monkeys. <laughs> yeah, how can I forget? It's the only thing so, I remember. <laughs> so the chunky monkeys have their own little, like these are writers that so they can't come up with a better name for themselves than chunky monkeys. They Well, they were inspired by the Cherry Garcias, I'm sure. <laughs> the chubby hubbies. <laughs> That's their husband. <laughs> the husbands who go out like drinking and the wives are in their literary writing. circle <laughs> by candlelight. Yes. Okay. Okay. So they had their own, you know, they had their own <laughs> chat group outside of Dawn's Facebook group where they would make fun of Dawn's grandiose over the top posts about her kidney donation. And the chats were subpoenaed as part of <laughs> Sonia's own lawsuit. So basically she blew up her own spot. Her own, it's like the right. ultimate She's taking them all down up. with them. Right. She's like a suicide bomber. She's taking herself down. I mean, cause now we can see what she was saying to all of these people about Dawn the whole time. And it's so cruel and mean they're sending each other screenshots of Don's kidney posts and making fun of her and like I don't know it just felt like very below the, below the kidney because this woman <laughs> is not well and dealing with some kinds of like narcissistic issues and you know, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a psychiatrist, but I do think that, that her behavior. <laughs> we can all admit that. <laughs> we, can all, we can all agree. Um, reasonable people can disagree, <laughs> but I think Dawn's behavior is indicative of some kind of psychiatric problem, right? As a Sonia's. As a Sonia's. <laughs> Why are we talking about these two? Insaniacs. So, so there's a text from 2016 where Sonia tells the chunky monkeys, I think I'm done with the kidney story, but I feel nervous about sending it out because it literally has sentences that I verbatim grabbed from Dawn's letter on Facebook. <coughs> I've tried to, and this, by the way, remember, this is coming out because of Sonia's suing <laughs> Dawn. <laughs> she brought it on herself. <laughs> so I've tried to change it, but I can't seem to. That letter was just too damn good. I'm not sure what to do. Feeling morally compromised slash like a good artist, but a shitty person. So there's the smoking gun that she intentionally intentionally ripped off Don's post. But the legal question is, does this constitute plagiarism? And so, I don't know, the piece ends on this ambiguous note. The lawsuits are still ongoing. I have no idea how either Sonia or Don are paying their lawyer's fees. They must be like harvesting Very their remaining or organs. <laughs> I wonder because if Sonia also donated her kidney. She's had to start because she's being sued. She's, she still has one left. <laughs> so who is the bad art friend, Brian? Sonia or Dawn? Uh, I think Dawn is a terrible human, notwithstanding the kidney donation, but I think Sonia's worse. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think Sonia's is think... a bad art friend. Also, she's in the power position because she's in the chunky monkey and she should be <laughs> kind to her literary lessers who obviously think very highly of her, put her on a pedestal, think of them as a, a better friend than vice versa, right? So she should be right. kind to that person. She should like be a kind. Like a mentee of sorts, right? And right. not be ripping them off and then suing and countersuing. Like that's nonsense. So nope to Sonia. A nope mini to Sonia. Yeah, I mean, 
but I, I just want to voice my perspective that I don't yes, even, I've had a lot of time to think about this. And I don't even think that like the question to ask is, is this a good art friend or a bad art friend? I think that there are not good art friends or bad art friends. I think there are good friends and bad friends and good art and bad art. And in certain circumstances, I think making good art can excuse being a bad friend, right? Oh, so like I imagine like a quadrant, like good friend, bad quadrant, friend, I want good access, friend. good art, bad exactly. art. And you want to be in the good friend, good art. Good friend, but, good art. But very few people can ever be that. So, <laughs> right. so, so wait, most is it of us be, are one or the other. Is it, but, wait, is it better to be a good art and bad friend or good friend and friend bad and art? Friend and bad art. Both I don't terrible. know. <laughs> terrible. Shut them all down. Okay. Right. So, but, but so, you know, the question is, did the short story live up to its hype and is so thought provoking and nuanced that it's worth all this Michigas? And the answer is no. But I tried to find the original text. It's only available via a book of short stories. I didn't feel like buying it. I didn't want to like line Sonia Larson's pockets. <laughs> and but Katie Waldman in the New Yorker saved us the trouble of reading the text and concluded that it basically was a bunch of crap. Piece of shit. So <laughs> nope to nope to both of these women and mostly Sonia for being a bad friend and being a bad. Art. Artist, that <laughs> art person. Artist. You're not writing good. a crap story. Yeah, I... people. Okay. Uh, okay. Nope to all that. Um, that was worth the extended rip. I enjoyed that. It was uh, okay. Oh, totally. Yeah. But yep to organ donation, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I just hope this doesn't <laughs> have a negative. <laughs> organ Could donations plummet after nope podcast. After... No, after <laughs> bad art friends. <laughs> No, our listenership is much bigger than the New York oh, Times oh, magazine's yeah. audience. Okay, sure. I got okay. I got to keep moving. I want to stay on liars and grifters. So we are going to do uh, part two of Ozzy Media, the story that will oh, not thank die. thank God, Brian. As I'm so glad you're focusing on this because <laughs> I've been dying to know what's been happening. As predicted, and I actually, we've been talking about, but I actually have some new scoops here that I'm not sure that you came across. So um, I think when we last left, the, last left the story, it was a couple of weeks ago, um, Ozzy Media had already announced that they were shutting down, right? Right. And um, the statement uh, that came from the board of directors said uh, thanking the dedicated staff and the world class journalists. And they said it is therefore with the heaviest of hearts that we must announce today that we are closing Ozzy's do doors. So they laid off 75 employees with no notice, no severance. And uh, of course, then afterwards, there you know came out all these stories of being a terrible, hostile workplace, hostile to women, hostile to people of color. Um, and then we learn, I don't know if you saw this, but that Ozzy Media had taken in $5.7 million of COVID PPP loans specifically intended to cover payroll. Um, payroll anyone, pr protection. Pay I mean, program. <laughs> as not everyone knows what it stands as, for. <laughs> as described in the title. <laughs> as, as I may have momentarily forgotten. <laughs> and, um, but of course the employees never saw a dime. And of course, none of that rolled forward. Of course. Into the severance. So. Um, Am so, I surprised? No. Okay. So a few days go by and um, of course, Carlos Watson will not be deterred. So he shows up on the Today Show and he announces that Ozzy Media is coming back. He says, we're back and ready for business. And, and he's he said, the founder? The he's CEO, the he's, he, no, he's mm -hmm. the he's the founder CEO. He's the guy I went to college with. There was okay. a showboat back then. And he's the one, you'll recall, for the benefit of our listeners, who basically inflated the numbers, used it as a, as a 
you know, platform for countless talk shows that allegedly were on networks, but were really on YouTube using fake views. Um, and he suckered in some of the like biggest names, Oprah and so, to celebrities to be on his show that actually showed nowhere and was seen by nobody. Um, he got Oprah to be on his show. I think Oprah was on his show. Oh my Oprah God. Wow. Him. Right. So he was a he was a high flyer for a while, and he came down to earth. So um, he, in doing so, he in restarting Aussie, he talked to investors. Obviously, some money had to come somewhere. Talked to the advertisers who had abandoned him. Of course, he did not talk to the employees, especially not to let them know that they had their jobs back, which then got him immediately had to start hiring with God knows what mon money and self promoting. So. This is a tweet. You actually sent this to me, but I could not believe my my eyes or my ears. So <laughs> no, this was in the newsletter. This is the newsletter that was promoted in a tweet in an internal newsletter. God knows to who it says we heart emoji Ozzy. We have so much love for all of our loyal readers of the newsletter. Thank you for standing with us over the last eight years. And we are so grateful for your support. We appreciate the kindness you've shown. And then there's a very unusual reader testimonial from someone with the handle Tafline, T-A-F-F-L-I-N-E. Oh, Tafline. Yeah, he <laughs> says, here's what some of our fans are saying. Some of our fans like Tafline. Without Watson's vision, so he doesn't mention Aussie Media. Without Carlos Watson's vision and the editor's tireless work, I could never have elevated the stories of architects, artists, chefs, scientists, and other extraordinary humans from the Middle East and Africa who are typically ignored by mainstream press. These stories are imprinted <laughs> on my soul. There's no other way to put it. So, what would we do if we didn't know about the architects in Africa? <laughs> that was their specialty. <laughs> And it sounds like maybe that guy wrote for Ozzy or did something for Ozzy or was a, a fanboy of Ozzy. I have no idea who or this fangirl. No, I think it was, line. Do you, do you have any? Yeah. Has there been any theories I about? Think, well, I think Tafline is like a it's a news. It's another <laughs> newsletter created by like a publicist named Taff Taffy something. Oh, you did your research on this. Yes. Well, I saw in the in that tweet thread, somebody said it. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, anyway, someone named Tafline <laughs> complimented Aussie Media on its coverage of African architecture. <laughs> no offense. To <laughs> African architecture. <laughs> it deserves better. No, it's, uh... <laughs> it deserves better than Aussie Media. Yes. Okay. So then he did a little bit of a press tour, Carlos Watson, and he was on CNBC and he conceded that he misled his own staff and guests about where this Oz, where this Ozzy Carlos Watson show would air. Uh, he had said it was going to be, it was on A&E, but it wasn't. And he said, that was wrong. I don't know if that was a mistake or that was intentional. How do you not know if it was a mistake or was intentional? You think you don't know if your own show is on the A&E network or on it's, some YouTube so channel? So he doesn't know now if what he said was a mistake or intentional? Is that correct, what Carlos correct. is saying? That's yes. his quote? He's saying he was constantly telling people that his show was on A&E and now he doesn't remember if he forgot what network it was on or, or, or was he was intentionally lying yes misleading them which that's I think the weirdest <laughs> thing to, I don't know if I was lying but if or... I was it's such a real housewives apology yes right? 
Okay, my favorite part of this all is that the stories, of course, now come to light and we're learning more about Ozzyfest, um, okay. <laughs> which was their big event that never happened. Um, and uh, it was supposed, it sounded to me reading about it, like it was a combination of like the Fire Festival and Woodstock 99 and Altamont. And like, Ozfest. And, and Ozfest, and that was the problem. So when they first announced it, he was sued by Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne. As he should have been. Like, As he should have been. Close. They have a brand to protect. Yes, that's infringement <laughs> on their intellectual property. Um, it's and like they... Sonia Larson and Don <laughs> I don't think Carlos Watson is donating his kidneys to anyone, not even performatively. Um, so they settled out of court. But that was not good enough for Carlos Watson. He had to run salt in the wound. And he went and said that that he and the Osbournes were friends and investors, that they were now investors in Ozfest, uh, Ozzyfest. And to which Sharon Osbourne called him a shyster, which while I do not approve of the use of that word. <laughs> I think in this case, I it's think apt. in this case, I'll accept it. Right. So then there's details about the most recent Aussie Fest that was supposed to happen. It was going to be on the Great Lawn of Central Park, like the great concerts of Elder John and Paul Simon and Aussie Fest. It was going to have music by John Legend, food by celebrity chefs uh, Rachel Ray and others, and comedy by Daily Show host uh, Trevor Noah. And they were expecting 100,000 people at $400 a ticket. Um, it cost $2 million to get the Great Lawn and another $2 million in marketing. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it was canceled, not due to COVID, but they said it was canceled due to the summer heat. <laughs> Did they not realize what Carlos Watson is like, I don't know if I didn't know what season it was in or if I was just lying. It's fucking summer in New York City. It's going to be hot. Like... <laughs> That's why people go to festivals. It's because it's hot. They want to like get under the sprinkler yeah. and go to hear <laughs> Rachel Ray, I guess, do a, do a cooking demonstration on the Great Lawn of Central Park. Um, and then the final note here is after it was canceled, there's totally going to be the best like Hulu Netflix series, you know, documentary about this. Um, uh, Carlos Watson went on CNBC with A-Rod by his side. God knows why. How did that happen? Just, was, were they just so he's like, he's like, hey, what are you doing today? Want to come with me on CNBC, CNBC? and yeah. sit next to me while I lie? Like, uh, apparently he's like Ja Rule it, for for the <laughs> fire festival. Anyway, so they were asking what's going to happen to these ticket buyers who bought $400 a ticket or whatever it was. And he's and A-Rod said that they were going to get some kind of swag in quotes, that would probably include unusual VR headsets. Unusual VR headsets. Okay. Not your typical ones. Not unusual ones. What, <laughs> what are unusual ones? Like I don't know. They brand Aussie brand decal on the side or something. <laughs> so this story just keeps getting curiouser and curiouser, but not more surprising. Um, I expect I we'll just... have... Yeah, there needs to be like, you know, some kind of we need a Mueller commission criminal conviction <laughs> yeah. here because this is fraud. Carlos Watson is going to be in jail, like holding like 
jail fest and like getting A-Rod to come to visiting hours and like do a celebrity testimonial or something. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you got to hand it to him. He is. <laughs> I do not hand it to him. I do not hand anything to him. He's a garden variety criminal. He's a garbage monster. <laughs> He's yeah. a garbage monster. Okay. Shut him down. Shut them all down. No, hey, no, no, absolutely not. No. Okay. Okay. Um, We've had really great reaction to our uh, animal stories over the last few weeks, last few episodes. And Rachel, you have a new one, and then I have a follow-up, right? Yes, yes. So um, since the the beginning of NOPE, we've been closely monitoring the global feral hog crisis. (laughs) Very early days. What of our very early? We've told a lot of stories about this problem. There was the guy in Arkansas who said that 30 to 50 feral (laughs) hogs are constantly coming into his yard when his kids are playing. And the only way to make them disperse (laughs) is by using an AR-15. That was his like reason why people needed to have automatic weapons. So then there were those feral hogs who stole a cocaine stash in Italy. Yes. and the yep. and the naked sunbather in Germany <laughs> the in the castle. In Berlin. <laughs> clothes we were saw stolen. The hogs by the... and they, no, his laptop. <laughs> so that was terrible. But this week, the feral hogs have gone back. too far. They're they back. fucked with the wrong person. They attacked Shakira, <laughs> our finest living songstress. And we cannot I don't know about that. But okay. <laughs> We cannot let them win. We cannot. So here's what happened, according to Shakira, according to her Instagram, and her hips do not lie. She does not lie. So in an Instagram story from Wednesday night, she posted a picture of a dusty and torn handbag and said that a couple of pigs had attacked her in the park. She said they they were taking my bag to the woods with my mobile phone in it. They destroyed everything. And then she turns to her son and says to him, say how your mummy stood up to the wild boar. And um, she, I mean, she did stand up to the, to well, the she got it hog. back. She got her bag back. Did she have to it, like wrestle them or was it? She just wrestled like, them. Yeah. She like fought. snuffle through it and didn't like it and left it. No, ground. she fought them. She fought them. <laughs> that single hat, arm to arm, arm to dust combat. <laughs> and she won. <laughs> hips she... to hips to hips to tusk combat. <laughs> yeah. So um so so good for you, Shakira, and um and nope to to the hogs. Feral hogs. Okay. <laughs> okay. That story did not really <laughs> beginning, middle, or an end. Um, nor does mine. Mine is a follow-up on the zebras. Um, so as I alluded to earlier, multiple times here, there was the zebra in my virtual reality, who is now in my nightmares. Um, we promised to follow up on this story. And the story is they are still roaming free more than a month later. And this developing story is receiving- <laughs> in Maryland. Frequent, in Maryland, yes. This is receiving frequent coverage in no less than the New York Times, which ran a follow-up story. Um, and just for people who like uh, need to be uh, reminded of this, because uh, it's seared in our- Seared in our collective consciousness, these zebras escaped from a local privately owned zoo. They cannot be chased. They cannot be corralled. The only way to do it is to put like grains in the middle of a like <laughs> a, half built, like half built corral. corral. And then you gain their trust and they keep coming each slowly night. Slowly gain slowly their trust. And then you the build out the corral. Them. And then one day they go in for the grain and bam, you swing the gate shut. Okay. So. <laughs> 
the first spotting that now they're getting spotted this first and most notorious spotting was a guy named joshua dubois or dubois who was uh president obama's white house office of faith-based and neighborhood partnerships director okay. um so he saw it with his son in the car his son shrieked he did a u-turn in someone's driveway and he freaked out and he tweeted in all caps bam wild maryland zebras while the chase was on, suddenly everybody, social media spottings everywhere. The mayor of Upper Marlboro, whose name is Linda Penover, said that the zebras have become local celebrities and that we are now capturing every move of theirs on social media. So even though we know where they are at any given time, we can't get them. Maybe they don't catch- want to get them. Maybe they like oh, getting maybe the, the eyeballs. Maybe it's a tourist attraction in Upper Marlboro now. They could have little safaris. It's like oh, it could be a virtual reality. There yeah. could be the Upper Marlboro virtual reality experience. <laughs> yes. You drive on like Route 301. Where you have to build the corral. You build the corral, <laughs> yes. There's in-app purchases for like new sections of the corral. <laughs> and it's viral. You share with your friends. She, The mayor says it's weird. There are worse things that could be running around Upper Marlboro, like alligators. So that's the criteria here. There are worse things that could happen. Like we could also have dinosaurs or tarantulas like everywhere. So that's her justification that it's fine. There's, it could be worse. It could be. So did you know, one thing that I learned about this is that a herd of zebras, do you know what they're called? I didn't know. I missed this fact the first time I reported on this story. They're called a zeal, like zealous, like a zeal, Z-E-A-L. So they're, they're now, the academics are getting involved. They're trying to figure out why these zebras are not, we can't capture them. The so, ceiling cannot hold them. They... <laughs> so this uh, zoology professor at Princeton University said that they're just too wily and they quote, probably don't need the grain. So it turns out that they are probably living a very good life in the wilds of Maryland and they don't need your lousy grain that's in the corral. They see past just the trap. They're in the garbage, right? Yes. They're just like- it says they could, no, they they have, there's meadows and fresh plants. waters, okay. plants. They can, so he says that they could live there in perpetuity. Like so they're they going to be, basically be another species that takes over the They're area. an invasive species, right? And there's no <laughs> lions. So they're at the top of the food chain. They can kill anything that they want. So if they reproduce, there could be tons of zebras in Maryland, and that could be their new state animal. He does warn, however, that they won't like the snow, Um, but they're okay with the cold climates because they live on the slopes of Mount Kenya at Uh many thousands of feet, and they'll be okay with it. And the other thing he's worried about, my last point, is that he's worried that the zebras might separate and wander as loners, which would make them harder to catch. Um, I did not know that this was a group dynamic because we worried it. Felt like it was, was it a thruple and a couple or was there a fourth wheel? Because there's five of them. Right. But it right. seems like there's a real chance that they might just all have grown apart. And, and they're just all on their, their lone rangers. They're, they're just... <laughs> they're, they're cowboys <laughs> on lone, lone zebras they ride. They're wanted dead or alive. Yeah but please, preferably alive. Okay, so nope to, not nope to the zebras, they're just being zebras. Nope to the residents of Upper Marlboro County who can't get their shit together if and catch these guys. we can't catch five zebras. What can we do? What can, in, what can we do? Like, Forget about passing the we? infrastructure bill. Like, let's <laughs> like, catch the fucking zebras. Catch five zebras. <laughs> it's not even six. They're not, not that hard that. to find. People they're, are posting about them all day. black and white stripes. Like, this like is- how- complicated is this like can't they like can't they put like a 
tranquilizer dart and just like carry well, they them suggested away. drones they suggest there's all kinds of way but the corral is still the leading way to be able to do it and it's just a but fail. it's not working it's a fail it's like clearly we need to pivot <laughs> okay shut it down no okay no no I won't report back on the zebras until there's real news. So <laughs> you never know. There might be something. Okay, let's get on to the upsies, a little raise of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, you have one that you like? Yeah, so this is very recent. Um, Adele has this new album coming out. It's her first in six years, written during her divorce. And it's called 30, coming out uh, November 19th. But her first single called Easy On Me just dropped tonight. And it's really good. It's a very emotional, classic Adele ballad. And I had it on repeat for the last uh, half hour before we recorded. So Yup to Adele, who is living her best divorced life, looking fabulous on the cover of both American and British Vogue this month. Like that's the first time that's ever happened, by the way. And if someone's going to be the first, why not Adele, right? Yeah, yeah. I support her in principle. I appreciate that she's talented. And she's there, yeah. Okay. She's there. <laughs> she's there you're, for you're me. You're not going <laughs> to like yuck my yup like you did with the indigo I've girls. I've sworn that off. I'm giving faint praise to Adele. Okay. Than... <laughs> it sounds like Sonia Larson's praise of <laughs> Dawn's kidney donation. How fantastic for you. How nice for you. <laughs> well done, Adele. Okay. Um, so mine is a, a sort of story wrapped in a yup. So I'm very late in giving a yup to spelling bee, which comes from the New York Times crossword, a family of puzzles. It's this thing, it's basically a word hunt. It's a honeycomb of six letters with one letter in the middle and you have to find yeah, as many words really as you can. People are really into this. People I, are bananas for it. Into, it's the yeah. brainchild of this wunderkind named Sam Azursky, who's like 23 years old, who's taken over the entire New York Times games thing. He'll probably succeed Will Shorts. Okay, anyway, mm -hmm. so Doug and I have gotten totally into it. We like, we don't race, but like we are both doing it at the same time. We wake up in the morning to see the answers. And today was a very strange day for spelling bee because one of the words you could make was daunted like i was da daunted by something and uh you would think because daunted has the letters u and n with it undaunted would also be a word and i tried it and it was not on the word list accepted hmm. word list and i tried it again and again and i didn't say anything to doug because i didn't want to give away daunted to introduce the topic of undaunted. Anyway, it's been eating away at me all day. And I'm like, Did, uh, do I not know that word? It is word? a word. And of it course it's a word. word. I, and yet and yet, she was undaunted. Undaunted, undaunted courage. Exactly. It's like... So it's the book about Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark, yeah. He's singularly un unwriting them from history. So, <laughs> so sure enough, Doug then, uh, just a few minutes before we started recording, looks up and says, look, there's breaking news from the New York Post. And it's about your favorite succession actress, Jay Smith Cameron. <laughs> oh, Jerry. We love Jerry, Jerry. Who's tweeted with us, who's uh, who yes. uh, we suspect might be a Nope fan. We're and not... I saw her on, on Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah, great. So it turns out that she is also a Spelling Bee fan. And she went on a like a tweet storm about Undaunted. The undaunted, thing? <laughs> the undaunted She was thing. like the, the whistleblower. <laughs> yes, she's the whistleblower on Undaunted <laughs> in today's spelling bee. And it's all generated by a computer program. So how does it not know Undaunted? So anyway, my yup goes, I, we've done her one. You gave her a yup once before. I am now going to give my 
yup, to Jay Smith Cameron for a completely unrelated reason uh, for her spelling bee skills. She has the watchful eye of a copy editor. And I, I uh, thank her for all the gifts she brings. To- I know, like, it's not like it would be enough if she was just Jerry and Diana. Diana. That would be enough. But she's also policing the New York the Times. The secondary games. New York Times crossword games. So, so this is this is the ultimate yup. She's a double yupper. She's up one step away, two steps away from an egot. We'll figure out. She's already won the awards for acting and gaming, gaming game proof reading. Oh my God, Jay Smith Cameron, we love you. You are okay. you're an amazing that's, person. That's everything we have for this week. Uh, look, if you've liked this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review. We're on all the podcast uh, places you listen. Give us the stars anywhere. We love Apple. That's the best place. Most people listen to us there. Uh, yeah. So it's been a great, uh, great podcast record, but a terrible week. Uh, I usually do that in the As other always. order. But yeah, but same thing, same idea. Um, so thank you for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. 